0: Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on SiriusXM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. And joining us, data scientist, founder and CEO of Squad, and author of Life Beyond Likes, let me welcome Issa Watson. Hello. Hi, Karen. How are you? I am awesome. How art thou? I'm I'm good, you know. It's, it's launch day. I'm feeling good. <laughs> good, 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 good. All right. Um. Uh are we are we on so how how much time do you spend online Isa and where where is your time spent or have you logged off completely because you're telling us to log off have you logged off
1: I I have to first say I'm not a social media abolitionist I'm more of a hey just make sure you're managing it and it's not managing you. Like as far as Instagram, I, I post on there like twice a week, but I don't scroll Instagram at all. I'm, I am i haven't logged on TikTok in like four months, right? I'm actually, I spend very little of my time on social media, um, you know, broadcasting to a bunch of folks I'll never meet and a lot more of my time calling and texting my friends and then, you know, work emails and stuff like that. But I'm more of a, you know, I social media is consumption. I'm about connection. And I think that that's the shift that we need to make.
0: Okay. All right. Um, and what does that shift look like and what will that do for us to make this shift?
1: Yeah, so I think the first thing is really an understanding what has social media done to how we feel about ourselves, you know, and what social media has morphed into is it's kind of democratized the concept of a personal brand. And so what that means is that people are sharing their highlight reels all the time. And then we're just consuming, consuming, consuming. consuming. 90% of social media users don't post and they're just lurkers. So they're just like scrolling past, not engaging with content. Um, But then we compare our messy whole lives to people's curated highlight reels and feel a lot less, you know, good about ourselves and feel like we're kind of missing certain milestones in life. So I think that, you know, I encourage people to have strong boundaries around social media. You know, and first, you know, do a check in. How does it make you feel like I'm from North Carolina? I love me a good Krispy Kreme donut. But if I sit there and I eat four of them, I'm going to eat, I'm going to say all four were good. But after like five minutes after I'm like, dang, I don't feel so great right? And that's how social media was for me and how it's for a lot of people. And so it's kind of build the boundaries and make sure you're actually in tune with how it's making you feel on a day-to-day basis.
2: Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm curious about who is your audience, right? Because I think there's like a, there is a world where uh, Jen, whoever we haven't named yet, (laughs) all they will know is and they actually a little different they actually tap out like they actually don't care to be like on the phone or online like they actually don't so they're kind of like oh yeah we'll tap in we tap out maybe we'll be there maybe we don't I feel like millennials feel like they gotta go hard Gen Z feels like it's comedic it's just a part of my life it's not they may not even be looking for like some of them they're just like this is just what it is I'm living today I'm I I laugh because I look at it you know, I, I feel for other people. I mm-hmm. get my news. I, uh, you know, so how do people balance, especially you a business owner, which I didn't even get to that part yet. But I'm just talking about human life right now. It's a part of you. It's an extension of who you are. How do you, how do you feel writing a book about like, hey, take a break from it? And what kind of response have you gotten?
1: Well, I ha- I'm not necessarily saying take a break from it. I'm saying to make sure that you are, navigating it in a way that serves you. Right, and I think that we've built up so many passive habits. We literally will lay on our lay on our bed, like right before we go to bed, like just scroll, scroll, scroll until we fall asleep. We wake up, let's see what's happened. Scroll, scroll, scroll. And to your point about Jen, who hasn't been named yet, um, there, there was a UPenn study two years ago that uh, showed that there's unprecedented levels of anxiety in adolescents, the average age was twelve, because they have unrealistic expectations about what they should achieve, what they should own, um, and what they should look like. And so I do think that it's impacting this generation, but it's more than just the consumption and the curated you know, highlight reels, it's also about the fact that they've kind of replaced the concept of scrolling with genuine friendship. And when you think about, like, what is fundamental to human needs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs dictates that belonging and connection is core to our human, you know, experience. And when you're kind of getting sucked into this consumption platform, but conflating it with friendship and actually not really investing in real friendship, um, you know, that's, that's, that's where a lot of the issues come in according to that generation and we you know as squad we actually work with the new york city department of education um and you know we have a lot of students actually on our app using our app to help facilitate friendship so it's it's not just you know the social media component it's kind of the passive habits that we built around it and how we think it's replaced real life connection when it hasn't
0: Uh, we're talking with Isa Watson. She's a data scientist as well as the author of Life Beyond Likes. Uh, she's also a businesswoman, as is Omi. And Venture Capital, we were talking before you came in, Isa, about, because Omi is going to be before Congress tomorrow, to uh, tout uh, loosening the reins on who can invest, which I'm all for, like, We should be able to get in this game, but black entrepreneurs venture capital for us. And you posted this on your Twitter space has plummeted 45% uh, since the summer, the guilt of George Floyd. And I knew the window. I said this, I was like, this, this George Floyd guilt money is going to close up. The window is going to close because folk uh, feel like, oh, is it? All right. It, y'all, are y'all calm now. Okay, let's draw back the water. <laughs> let's 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 keep our money in our pockets. Let's we've given it all away now and you get no more. So for people starting businesses right now, and this is for both of you. um, And I'm glad Omi's doing what she's doing, because this is one of the solutions. Where do people get money? And do we need as much money as we think we need?
2: I mean, I'm I'm gonna toss it. Is
0: Isa Isa? I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it. Correctly. Issa. Issa.
2: Issa, okay, got it. I don't like getting people's name wrong because of pet peeve. Um you just so, heard me
0: pronounce it three times. Know, you know I looked I it get up. Right. I mean I do butcher people's names, but I actually looked this
2: up. It's, <laughs> but there. I saw it there. And you from North Carolina. What part of North Carolina? Chapel Hill. Okay, I'm from Durham. Okay, Blue City. Yes, you already know. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> um is, so your your app was bought by Twitter? No, that a right? that's a different squad. Yeah. Okay, so okay, okay, okay. It was about, yeah. Okay, got it. What was your early stage raising capital journey like with building the app? I think what I'm speaking to is the need to diversify the investment pool and by by expanding the accredited the, um investor definition. So I'm interested in what your journey was like
1: yeah, in was- raising capital. Definitely difficult. Right. Um, I, and it's funny because I thought that like, Oh, I went to MIT. Oh, I have degrees in math. Oh, I have the things that all the people who write the checks say they want. And then I still have 300 doors slammed in my face with rocker really get my first check cut. So I ended up because I really couldn't raise from Silicon Valley. I went to my church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and I raised from like physicians and professors, like five thousand dollar checks, until I was able to, you know. And I'm, I'm maybe I got to like fifty thousand dollars, like that, right? Um, but then I actually got ushered into Silicon Valley by a single person who was an early employee at am um, another person who was one of the earliest employees at Netscape. And I found that when you get ushered in by the right person, then they start talking to you and then they start listening to you. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So when I came in by myself where this black person introduced me, you wasn't with it, but when this white man introduced me, you were like, oh, okay, she's legit now. And so, um, you know, I I was able to, we've raised upwards of $5 million um, from Silicon Valley. And we've brought in like a number of founder operators, like the founder of Slack and and Stitch Fix and Box.com and the founder of Zillow are all our investors as well. Um, And Squad is an app that, you know, just for people who, who may not know, Squad is an app that is, it's a social consumer social app, but it allows you to build a world of just your closest friends. And we say it's the easiest way to talk to your friends every day away from social media. And you can only have 12 people in your squad. And so um, the idea is to deepen those connections that bring you joy, do less of the broadcast stuff, because that's not really feeding your spirit, your soul and your goals. But the, the fundraising journey was exceptionally hard. And I checked, all the boxes that they said they wanted and more. And I still had, like I said, I had about 300 doors slammed in my face before anyone took me seriously over there.
0: Wow. Isa Watson, so you are among the 1% of Black uh, black company owners that have gotten more than a million dollars from venture capital because it's 1%. It's 1% of us that get that money. So congratulations to you uh, for that and even the journey to get there. Now, what's the exit strategy like so you built this? Are you building it to sell? Are you building? Is this an idea that you know, this is going to be your pivot to the next thing? What 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 are you doing?
1: the ideal exit strategy is for us to sell to one of the the big players right if you think about you know the connection space there's a lot of players involved it's not just the big social companies but also think about telecom companies because the phone call has not been invented since like 500 bc if if, you know for being honest right and so when we think about a lot of the new features and functionality that we've embedded in the platform making phone calls fun again and easy and less you know um anxiety inducing you know i think that you know, between the social companies and the telecom companies, um, those are probably our prime exit opportunities. And then I'm going to go retire. I'm going to buy an island and y'all are all invited. So, oh, okay. We,
2: Listen. We can, yeah, we can host a show that. <laughs> yeah,
0: I do that. Joy. Joy has to come in the morning and in the afternoon. Like we, we should. I love that. I, I feel like we were talking earlier about these billionaires who want to live forever and so and want to go to the moon and rockets and, and to Mars, you know, like that. this is how they're spending their money. You want to buy an island and enjoy life. Like that's the fundamental difference here between people who are born in their souls out of abundance and those who are born out of fear and lack. The fear and lack people want to control and dominate and buy up everything and go to the moon and live forever. And the rest <laughs> of us just want everyone to be happy, enjoy and look at water and and eat off of the trees. That's that's my that's my dream.
1: The one thing I will add though, Karen, is that I'm going to be one of those people who fund black founders. I will be one of those people. I'll I'll be writing my, I'll be wiring my checks from wherever I am. (laughs)
0: Okay. What? So right now, um, and both of you, Omi Bell is here host of the Omi show on Sirius XM noon, noon Eastern on Sundays. And Isa Isa Watson is the founder of squad as well as she's got a new book out. Y'all called life beyond likes life beyond likes. What, what kinds of businesses do we need in our community right now? That would be for for you, Omi. I'll start with you first because you're going to Congress to fight for people to invest. In your mind, in your wildest imagination, say you you were gifted with the ability to start uh, a community. Say in your backyard. Let's let's you know right where you are right now. You you are the the queen of a community, right? What kind of businesses are needed there? Yes, here's your crown and your scepter. What kind of businesses are needed there and how could we invest in them or what would they need for investment to get started?
2: Dang, that's such an interesting question because I think there's still money in infrastructure. You know, like what Issa was saying about like like telecom, I think sometimes we forget about all the companies that exist because the ones that are right in our face. But there's like so many companies that exist that are handling so many pieces of our life that it, like when you think about transportation alone, logistics, uh, when you think about uh infrastructure in terms of like how, measurement, how things are built, construction, development, like there's so many things like that. I also think that there's an opportunity to get into this AI wave and train it to do some things that are specific to our culture that, um, that I'm hoping that somebody out there will come up with, like even being the queen of my community or not, I'm hoping somebody out there is going to start training this AI to do things that are specific for the Black community in ways that create this, these introductions and these backdoor walkthroughs that we haven't thought about yet. So I think there's that. Um, and those are more like concrete things. Uh, there's probably some simple solutions that I've said to myself. I'm like, you know what? Why don't somebody create it? I can't think of those right now.
0: <laughs> okay. But- I mean, but I think everyone listening could think even if we're not in business or in venture capital right now, I want us to all like, think about that because you know, I I hear people pitching businesses. I watch shark tank sometimes on I'm like, do we need another cookie company, popcorn company? It's nice, it's cute, popcorn and cookies for fun. Yeah, but what do we need? What do we need? It's like no one's producing the things we actually need. I like the water companies and water filtration companies. We don't have enough black water. Filter. Water is everything. Water is life, my friends. How many black people? And we are the ones being, um, you know, inundated with all of the problems around water. Shouldn't we control the water? What does that look like? What does a water company, not just bottled water, because bottles are problematic. I'm just going to say that out loud. You know, the plastics, the leaching. What about controlling the technology around water? The gathering, the capturing of water. Like, who's doing that? Who's doing that? Isa.
1: Well, you know, Karen, to be honest, I I agree with what Omi said. A lot of the things that we need are some of these infrastructure-oriented, non-sexy things, right? When you think about water right and the infrastructure required to honestly i even hate using the word innovate because why should we be innovating around water like we shouldn't have to be innovating around water in 2022 when we're sending people to space voluntarily right um when you think about waste there's jasmine crowder out of atlanta with the company gooder who actually um, gets the food from a lot of companies that would have thrown it away and feeds it to the homeless, right? And, you know, it's a multi million dollar company. And when you think about energy and the fact that, like, at some point, people my age are gonna have grandchildren that live on this planet. But I will say, Karen, the impediment to some of these bigger issues that we are facing that we could lend a helping hand to is the fact that they require a lot of money. If you want to make infrastructural changes, some of these big opportunities, like I used to be in the pharmaceutical business. It costs billion a billion dollars just to get a drug to market. Like I can't like most black people can't even raise a million dollars. Hello, can I get a billion? Right. And so there are structural changes that really need to happen to level the playing field. But I, I I just encourage people, some of these big, some of the biggest issues are some of the kind of non-sexy things, but they're very important.
0: Mm. When you said, um oh, I think about Theranos. I think about, I, I had this whole thing that I maybe bring back tomorrow about, and I just took two companies, Fresenius and um, DaVita. These are companies that um, do dialysis. And those of you who live in the hood you know that there's a Fresenius or Davida in your neighborhood and ask yourself why, ask yourself why, and is it targeted? And I think about these pharmaceutical companies that are problematic on so many levels because in order for them to make money, we need to be sick. So are they in league with fast food and people that make us sick? Is there a relationship there? And I think we should be asking these questions, right? What's the relationship between pharmaceuticals and, and these uh, fast food places? You know, is it, uh, I think about Mexico, Vicente Fox, who some of y'all like because of his Twitter uh, clapbacks, but he was also president of a country and also president of Coca-Cola at the same time in Mexico. And so who's your allegiance to? when you're, When your political leaders are also... In league, or maybe the lobbyists. Maybe they're getting money from these companies. We're just talking about uh, Bankman Freed, uh, his company trying to get money back from the the people that they. Well, why did they give money to to politicians? You know, it's like we we don't even ask these. What are the connections here? Why are you a crypto company giving all of these millions to politicians? What favors? Because you give me money, I probably will will have to do something for that money, whether it's a sex exchange or something. But you get money, you're going to do something for the money. Money comes with strings. So both of you, I want to ask you all this, getting the million dollars, millions of dollars from these investors, how much of yourself as somebody that gave up a lot of what I believe to get a million dollars to start a business, because I felt I owed that they didn't tell me expressly, but I'm like, well, you gave me money. I got to listen to you. How much of yourself and your ideas do you give up in these exchanges? I'll start with you, Isa. Mm,
2: Lord have mercy. Well, <laughs> All right, I mean, me. listen, they gave okay. you a business. They gave you when you have investment, you essentially have new voices at the table depending on how your deal is worked out, right? So it is true that they they may have input. Um I think that I, I'm gonna I wanna I wanted to ask about the food thing because Isa is a data scientist. One I love that and black woman data science is all about it. I want to I wanted to ask though do the connections still need to be forced or is it from a data prediction like hey McDonald's is going to be around it has this amount of customers from this data input we already know we don't even need to we we just need to make sure McDonald's keeps existing but we don't need to go talk to McDonald's because they've already predicted that with the level of obesity and the level of fast food available and that this industry is going to keep growing. Like, does the data work that way? I'm wondering, like, I think that the, the, the uh, wizard behind the the cloth is what we is like, that is there. It's like, we want to go find that person, pull the cloth down and be like, stop it. I also think that like the systems that be are just so full motion. That is just, it, it, I don't even know if it's always, Picked apart. So I, I wanted to ask about that, Karen, before I get into this. All right, so I what's your thoughts on that from a data science perspective.
1: I don't really. So I think that one of the things about data science that's tricky is, you know, this bifurcation of co- causation versus correlation. Right, so when you think, and, and and a lot of that, that's really fundamental in a lot of these discussions and it gets really lost because people anchor on their opinion of it as opposed to the data. And I, I don't know enough about the data and the ties between um, you know, fast foods, pharma, et cetera, to, to make a really informed opinion. I will say, though, Karen, I I, I do push back a little bit on farmers making money only if we're sick, because, you know, quite frankly, like, you know, we need a vaccine against polio. But I don't think that like pharmaceuticals didn't create polio, you know, and and so well, that that think- was so
0: long ago. I'm talking right now. Back COVID. then science money. Yes. Okay. COVID. We can talk about that. I, I won't, uh, cause there's so much there, but yeah, when we had actually measles, mumps, polio, rubella, all of that, you, you, I don't remember it costing money. I remember going to my pediatrician down the street and got, it wasn't all of these pills. It wasn't all of this going on. Uh, pharmaceutical mon- uh, companies didn't make as much money as they make today. There wasn't an opioid crisis. You know, there, th- there was a responsibility And it felt regulated much the way many industries, where like Ford, who's a problematic person, didn't make all of this money because he was like, people gotta be able to afford my cars. So let me, you know, make the prices. You know, so that the people who work on these cars can actually buy them. This is this was a you know, this is not where we are now. It's all profit. It's all shareholders. It's all bottom line. It's not people. Uh, The fact that insulin costs what it does and it shouldn't. The fact that doctors should have all of these loans coming out of school, they should go to school for free. We should be funding doctors and nurses to go and keep us healthy. But we don't. So there's, there's an upside downness in corporate. I think that's uh, a function
1: of the system though. The system is whack and system has a lot of flaws to it. Like I can tell you as someone who worked at Pfizer on the science side, there's a huge disconnect between the business side. Right. I agree. And so I, 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 literally was a scientist in the diet um, the metabolic diseases team. And I was actually particularly making drugs for diabetes treatment. I actually have a lot of family members who suffer from diabetes. I felt really good about the work that I did, the innovations that I made there, but when you think about how drugs get from like the R&D side, well, the research side, then to the development side, a lot of those are business decisions. And so I think that like, and this is a big conversation that has to be deconstructed because the system is so big. There are a lot of different forces, okay. but I don't think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a flawed system, but I, I think that there are pure components of the system.
0: Let me have you back uh, and let's get into the science, the data and the science of it all, because I feel like we don't have these conversations enough because they're so nuanced and a thousand feet in the air. But this is, you know, to me where our our lives are, you know, our lives are in the balance and we need to suss this out. So will you come back? Will you come back? okay yes, I will. Okay. You okay. Have me back. Yes. Isa Watson, uh, her book came out last night. Life Beyond Likes. Uh, happy pub day to you, founder and CEO of, of Squad uh, as well. Let's download that. Uh, And come on back, Isa. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on SiriusXM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the SiriusXM app.